Hold on. Your time is coming. <laughs> Hold on. I love the line in that song that says, you applauded everyone else. Yeah, everybody else. I, I clapped for you. Now it's time to clap for me. It's your time. God is fair in that way. Yeah, he may not come exactly when you want him to, but, but he'll show up. He'll show up. He'll show up. Amen. Amen. Let's bless and thank the Lord for the singing churchmen this morning. Come on. How old are you? How old are you? Eight. Eight. I was noticing him, you know, train of time. I was noticing him how he's got more rhythm in him than I got in 55 years. Just watching him and just environment makes a difference. Yeah, he's just standing there. He doesn't even realize how he's keeping rhythm from listening to all that stuff you do at the house and around. It's just in him. It's in him. It's in him. Imagine what else seeps into children. All that music seeps into him. He's just, he just got it. He doesn't even know it. I mean, it's not, he's not trying to show out or anything. He's patting his feet, keeping time just like his dad over here. It's amazing to me to watch that and see, see what God can do for folks. Yeah, keep on praying for 88. Yeah. Yeah. He gonna win the Grammy his daddy might not. And that's a that's a Grammy for his dad anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. We I don't th I don't know that we look at life like that. And we can prepare our children to do even greater. Yeah, even greater than the Lord blessed us to do. I won't hold you long this morning. Uh we've been in a in a study series entitled I Am I am. Jesus made seven statements in the Bible that identified who he is. And so the name of this series is I Am Jesus in His Own Words. And this is our third week in the series. We've already talked about I Am the Bread of Life. We've already talked about I Am the Light of the World last week. This week we're going to talk about from John 10, primarily verses 1 through 10. Jesus makes the pronouncement, I am the gate. I am the gate. Let me read it in your hearing. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, leads them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them, so he doubled down on it and said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Verse 9, I am the gate. 
whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. You won't pasture in your life. You won't pasture in your life. Verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that they may have life, King James Version says, and have it more abundantly. This version says, and have it to the full. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. Hold on. That's next week. Good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Yeah. I got a video I want to show you this morning about how shepherds lead their flock. Even today, even though this would have happened in these Middle Eastern countries, and they've been talking about that primarily, how you shepherd sheep is still the same, really. Because sheep don't change. It doesn't matter where you are, sheep are sheep. It doesn't matter what continent you're on, sheep are sheep. And so a shepherd has to be a shepherd in the same way. You can put whatever other meaning on that you want. We get so confused because we are in this country or that country or this kind of church or that kind of church, but a sheep is a sheep. And so when a sheep is shepherded properly, the sheep knows the shepherd's name. And so look at this. Paint that picture for you. Of a sheep pen. The shepherd's been out all day. He's saying, come on, come on, come now, come now. In Norwegian. Norwegian. Come now, come now, come now. Obviously, the wind is blowing. It's not me. That's, all, that's the wind. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm mouth breathing or something. It's not me. The wind is blowing there. Come now, come now, come now. Come now, come now, come now. My sheep hear my voice and they come running to me. Thank you. Now watch this. If there had been two different shepherds out there, the sheep would only come to their shepherd because they know his voice. The picture that Jesus is painting here talks about a gatekeeper wherein there is an enclosure, perhaps near a city. There's an enclosure. Y'all think I'm up here flapping on her. Near a city. Where shepherds come in, each shepherd has his own number in the flock, but there's only one big enclosure. 
And there's one there who's the gatekeeper for the enclosure. He opens the gate and allows the flock to come in. And so in the pen, there are all any number of flocks. But the gatekeeper knows enough to only let the shepherd in, the shepherd of the flock. And when that shepherd comes in, all he does is say, come now, come now, whatever he does, and those sheep come out to him only because they know his voice. And so Jesus, standing here talking to these Pharisees and these people in the country, is using this analogy because people learn from what they know. And so he comes in and he talks to them about being shepherds because they understand being a shepherd. This analogy is tough today because we don't understand being shepherds. But we do understand knowing somebody. Knowing somebody is important. Knowing the Lord. Do you know when the shepherd is calling you? Do you know when you hear his voice? Just like it was for those shepherds at that time, it's dangerous outside. People will come and they will snatch members of your flock. When Jesus says, when I'm in the gate, I mean, when I have my flock within the gate, you don't have to worry about anybody getting to me. Let me show you why. There's a picture that I want to show you. A shepherd, when he was out in the field with his flock, would create a barrier. He was alone. He would create a barrier for his flock. Should be two pictures. He would create a barrier about three feet high and put his flock in there. Once he put them in, the shepherd himself, this is what Jesus is saying, the shepherd himself, once he had his sheep inside, would sit in the gate. He would sit at the entrance of the gate so nothing can come in except it comes through him, which is why Jesus Christ would proclaim to you, I am the gate. I don't need an artificial gate. I'm the gate. Nothing gets to you except it gets by me. And anything that gets into the pen has to come in illegally. Got to climb over the wall, which means it's not the shepherd. So anyone who comes to you and talks to you and tries to move you, watch this, who's not coming through me, Jesus said, is illegal. And that's what he said about the people who had been talking before he got there. He's the savior. Anybody that tells you that they know the way to heaven and didn't come through Jesus, he said they're thieves and robbers. They're just trying to get you off track. Jesus was pretty clear in his pronouncement, but of course the Pharisees didn't understand it, which is why in that scripture he simply repeats it twice. Jesus himself is the very thing that brings the sheep into the safety of the pen. In other words, the pen you and I want to get into is our salvation. We want to get into heaven. And the way we get into heaven is by going through the gate. And the gate is Jesus. If we go through him, then we can get into the pen. But watch this, because I don't think we, talk, we think about this, not just in a celestial manner. I'm talking about in a right now manner. Once we get in the gate, the shepherd lets sheep in and out, which means you coming in and out every day depends on you going through the shepherd. He lets you get in 
and he also allows you to come out. When it's safe, he allows you to come out. He watches out for you while you're out. He's taking care of you when you're out in the pasture grazing. We don't go out and graze, but we do go out to work every day. And we need somebody to watch us when we're out there working. We need somebody to make sure the wolves aren't on us when we're out there working and nobody comes and takes us away when we're out there working. Jesus says, I'm that man. I'm the one you need to depend on. You're not by yourself when you're in the sheepfold or when you're in the pasture. I'm still the one taking care of you. Somebody ought to be grateful because you know you can't even watch for yourself all the time. You don't have to once you're in Christ. What does it mean that he allows us to come out? Doesn't just keep us pinned up. That means, this is what scripture was saying, that you can live, watch this, a more abundant life. I'm not just in this place, in this pen, but I have access to the greater world. Why? Because the shepherd guides me into that greater world. The shepherd protects me while I'm in that greater world. Somebody ought to know this that God intends only good blessings for you. He wants you to have all the richness that you can have on this side, and he guides you while you're in the greater world to that more abundant life. A life so full, watch this, so full that it can't even be destroyed by death. Why? Because you're already saved. The shepherd already has you in the ark of salvation. So death is not even a concern for you because the shepherd has already provided for me now and forevermore. He's taking care of me. And so my question to you today is, are you living in the grace of God? Or are you living in fear, a life of fear? Are you afraid to leave the safety of the pen and go out into the world because you don't know what's going on? I came to tell you today that the shepherd is watching you. The shepherd is taking care of you. He's providing for you. He's already keeping bears off you. You didn't even know they were there. There's been a wolf lurking trying to get you. And the shepherd has been taking care of them. And sometimes the worst enemy for the sheep is the sheep. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. Why is that? Because... Watch this. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they, we were talking about the absolute, I, I, don't, I hate using the terminology dumb, but that's sheep are just not thinking creatures. They're, they're not. They just kind of blindly graze, which is why the shepherd would usually have a club with a hook on it. The hook was needed sometimes because a sheep, if they get a good patch of grass that's real sweet, they just keep eating and eating, and if, it, if they walk over a cliff, they'll do it. You and I do that too. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on something that's real good and not see the cliff coming up. And sometimes the shepherd has to use that hook to snatch his sheep back from over the cliff. Or sometimes he'll walk, the sheep will walk right down into a brook that's running too fast. And because he's got a bag full of wool, he gets in the water and it'll drown him. And the shepherd has to use that hook in order to get him out of danger. That's how the Lord does us. But know this, and you ought to shout hallelujah on this. 
The Bible tells us that the shepherd, a true shepherd, might have 99, might have 100 sheep. And if one gets lost, the Bible said that he loves us enough that he'll leave 99. And he'll come get you wherever you are. Whatever situation you find yourself in, he'll come get you. So while you're in search of this abundant life, be mindful of the shepherd. Why? Why? Because we don't always know what danger is. We don't. Look, look, a couple of things he tells us right here in Scripture. John 10 and 3. The Lord identifies what the dangers are. The first danger he tells us about is listening to the wrong voice. Yeah. Says it. We listen to the wrong voice. That's real easy today that we find ourselves listening to the wrong voice, not paying attention. Because he says he calls his own sheep by name. I, I know if we sat up there and watched that little video I gave you a minute ago, we could probably watch it for a long time and not be able to distinguish the sheep. But the Bible says, Scripture tells us, and this is so important for those of you who think nobody cares, think you don't matter. Life has given you a cup full of not good. You've been drinking it for too long. You get up in the morning not feeling the best about yourself. I came to tell you today that he knows your name. He knows your name. He knows exactly what you've been going through. He knows your pains and your aches. He knows your don't feel good. That's what a shepherd does. He pays attention to them. And the, the shepherd loved on each sheep as if that was the only one in the sheepfold. You need to know that. And the sheep know it. The ones who know that feeling of being loved by a shepherd like that are always trying to get closer to the shepherd. Do you know that feeling? Are you close enough to the shepherd? Because he's got some balm for that cut you got in your life. Yeah, he's got some salve for what's been burning in your life. He can take care of you. He knows how to put you on the good grass so that you get nourishment. He also knows, because he knows you, he knows what you don't digest well. And so he'll pull you away from stuff that's not going to help you out. But you got to listen to him. And some of our problems is that we, we listen to the wrong voice. Look at this. Look at this. It's pretty clear right here in this. He says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. I love this because Jesus is the gatekeeper and the gate. So serves all these multifunctions. And it says, and the sheep listens to them. Watch this now. Don't, don't miss this in the B part of this verse, because this is important. You'll breeze right over this, and this is what you need to know. Because we live in a self-important world. And in a self-important world, what I say and do is important. And sometimes it's my self-importance and my independence that get me jacked up. Watch this. In the B part of it, he says, his sheep, his, he calls his own sheep by name, and watch this, and leads them out. You missed it. You missed it. See, when you got a real shepherd, when he calls your name, all you need to do is follow him. 
We don't sing them songs no more, can't we? don't sing them, Cass. No, where he leads me, I will follow. Not where I want to go, but where he leads me, I will follow because he's not going to lead me anywhere that's not good for me. We keep trying to make our own way. Why? Because we're listening to the wrong voice. Where he leads me, I'll follow. The wrong voice in this Bible is described as a robber or a thief or a stranger. Stranger. Kids tell you all the time, don't they run around saying, stranger danger. You and I need to learn that. Yeah, stranger danger. Just think about all the portals in your life that strangers can get into. All the areas of your life. And some come in shepherd clothing. They do. They come mimicking what's good. But you and I both know that they're not good. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? The, 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 my wife and I have been watching this nature this nature show <clears throat> for a few, a few days lately because it's not, it's not the normal, it's not the normal shoot 'em up, shoot 'em up, crime investigation stuff. It's something not to make you think so hard. And I noticed something that was, that was a, 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 a show about how animals lure in their bait, their, their food. And it happened to be in the ocean, the Pacific. The most crafty of the fish lure in other fish by just being themselves. They just have something about their bodies that make the other fish not afraid. And because they're not afraid, because they don't present themselves as being awful, because they don't present themselves as being uh, uh, outwardly dangerous, the prey gets close to them. And before you know it, they've been devoured. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You keep expecting somebody in a trench coat with some glasses on, yeah, with the, with the collar turned up to come into your life and destroy it. I came to tell you, that's not going to be, it's going to be somebody in some J's. <laughs> It's going to be somebody you recognize that's got on some Levi's. It's going to be somebody who you would hang out with any other day. That's how he comes to you. He's a master of disguise. He's a master of lies. He's going to come to you with the same J's you've been looking at in the store. Because that's what appeals to you. And once he gets you close enough, you realize that he's nothing more than a robber, a thief, or a stranger. got to continue to follow the shepherd. Because if you're listening to the wrong voice, you're going to go the wrong way. But not only is there a danger of listening to the wrong, uh, wrong voice, the second thing Jesus tells them is you might enter by the wrong entrance. Yeah. People keep trying to find a way to heaven without going through Jesus. Everybody want to they they work real hard and earn their way into heaven. They want to be real good and be good enough to go to heaven. They think that privilege on this side of heaven means that you get privilege on the other side. It's as if they have an app on their phone where they're amassing points. 
like frequent flyer miles, and you show up with another frequent flyer, enough frequent flyer miles, and you get a benefit. I've seen nothing funnier than when I'm sitting at an airport terminal about to get on a plane, and somebody who has gold medallion status come up there and can't get on the plane. That's funny to me. I'll tell you why it's funny. Because people who have a certain status think that they are at some level better than everybody else. And everybody else is sitting up there stuck, can't move, same plane I'm getting on, and invariably somebody's going to come up and say, I'm a gold medallion flyer. And the stewardess will say, I understand and we appreciate you being a gold medallion flyer, but you're going to have to have a seat. It's some bananas and some twinkies over there. <laughs> Let me tell you this. There's no medallion status that's going to get you into heaven. There's no alternative way that's going to get you into the gate. The only way you're going to get into heaven is by going through Jesus Christ, which is why he said, I am the gate. Stop looking for alternative methods and start telling somebody who doesn't know about Jesus how good he is because they're spending their life on an unworthy cause, trying to go an unworthy way to get into heaven. And he's waiting for them. And you know the only thing that's stopping them from getting there is us opening our mouths. We need to talk to people about how good he is. We need to show them the way. When we found the way, we ought to tell somebody else the way. Entering by the wrong entrance. Some people think they can go without church. That's even more common these days. Yeah, we've already talked about, we talk about false religions. They try to go in through those false religions, but Jesus is the head of the, of the, of the, of the, of the way that we have to follow. The greater, the greater danger is by going through the notion that you can enter the kingdom without going through the church that Jesus Christ created for the very purpose. There's a notion that people have. Can I, can I break this down to you too? Because this is a, this is a growing uh, uh, anomaly in our community. And people think that you can be a part of this, this universal church, but never have a local connection. It, it's, it's nowhere in Scripture. There's no way in scripture that you can just be a part of the church universal, but not have a local under shepherd, not have a local flock that you're a part of. There's no way in scripture because there's a benefit that comes from the local connection. In fact, all the benefits of fellowship derive from a local connection. No matter where you are, you ought to be trying to find your church somewhere. You ought to be able to try. And not only do you get benefits on this side of heaven, you think about the fellowship you get from this side of heaven, there's a greater benefit that comes because that's the way Jesus Christ said it. Now, I wish I was smart enough to come up with it, but it's just Bible. It's just Bible. I didn't make it up. The teaching, that, there's a teaching that says that you can live a healthy Christian life without the communion of the saints without any accountability. Nobody holds you accountable for anything that you do. That's what church is. That's what a local pastor does. Without corporate worship, that's what this is. It's become more and more irrelevant to people. But corporate worship is a part of it. You go through the entire Old Testament and New Testament, 
All there ever was was the creation of, of, of corporate worship opportunities. Most, most, most importantly, people think that they can get into heaven without grace. Oh yeah, without grace, without the preaching of grace and the preaching of the sacraments. They think they can get into heaven. I came to tell you that's a lie. The robber has you in his spell. That you need all of it. Cyprian, the early church leader said, you cannot have God as your father if the church is not your mother. And so as we take a step back and as we're looking at this I am statement, I want to summarize it for you. First of all, you need to be comforted in the fact that Christ will protect us and feed us. You need to know that. If you're in his sheepfold, he'll take care of you. He's going to protect you, keep, keep those things um, that are dangerous to you away from you. He's going to be a true shepherd. Not only that, the second thing is he is calling he is going to call a Christian pastor to, cheat, to teach the sheep, teach you, so that you can run away from strange voices. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. As long as you have a pastor who's listening to the leading of Christ, he can teach you to hear the voice of God and run away from voices that are not good for you. You know this? An important part of preaching is what I just did. It's defending the faith. <laughs> defending the faith. It's called apologetics. If you're not willing and able to do it, then we're going to struggle. If you can't make folk understand why we do what we do, then that's a problem. We have to learn how to defend the faith that we proclaim. Some people don't ever talk about the basics of faith. Sheep ought to be able to hear the voice of a good shepherd. Sheep ought to be able to hear his voice and follow it. They don't always like it, but they ought to be able to hear it. It's important. And the last thing, last thing is, you've got to enter the gate and follow the voice of Jesus Christ if you're going to be saved. You've got to enter the gate and follow the voice of Jesus. You've got to follow his voice. A whole lot of us in this room were welcomed into the sheep pen when we were baptized as members under the covenant, the new covenant, in Jesus' blood. Thank God for that. But you can't stop right there. That wasn't the last action you had to commit. Some people got saved, and that's it. There's work to be done, hard work to be done in helping others. Because sometimes when sheep go out, even though they have a good shepherd, they still get lost from that shepherd. You ever see the story of the sheep that had been lost for so many years, he had put on a hundred and some pounds of wool. Couldn't even move. He was stuck out in the wilderness. Somebody finally found him, and they, they pulled a hundred pounds of wool off the sheep. Not only he had so much external junk on his life that it was suffocating him. Some wayward stranger found him and brought him back. And they cut the wool off of him and it freed him and he was able to go and find his master. What does that mean? That means there's somebody out there that's struggling with life right now. They don't know you. 
but you can go and say to them, come to a place. This is your responsibility. I want you to follow me to a place where I know the shepherd is. And I know this shepherd is loving enough to let you into this sheepfold. And this shepherd will take care of you when you come into this sheepfold. But you be the stranger that tells somebody else where they can get themselves unburdened. You don't expect that the shepherd is going to go out and find every one of them. Sometimes they wander in with you, following you, the trail you made. That's why coming back and forth to the sheep pen is good so others can follow you. When the two planes hit the World Trade Tower, the World Trade Towers in New York, <clears throat> back on 9-11, that's all you have to say now. You don't have to say the year, all you have to say is 9-11 is so ubiquitous in our history, in our culture that everybody knows what I'm talking about. You can simply say, where were you on 9-11? And folk can tell you where they were at that time and, and let you know what's going on such an awful day but there was a gentleman named Hoopy who found himself stuck in one of the towers and he could have easily just run out gotten himself to safety but instead as he was moving about the building he saw people in utter distress didn't know what was going on struggling with the events that were unfolding and so being the person that he was he started telling them, come on, follow me, come with me. And he was leading a group of men and women out of the tower. When they got down to about the fourth floor of the building and they were having to navigate around fallen walls and, and debris everywhere, they heard someone calling, help us, help us. And so Hoopy started calling out, he said, I can't see you because the smoke is too heavy. Some folk around here living in a smoke-filled world. He said, but just listen to my voice. Follow my voice. If you follow my voice, you can make it to me. And so they kept hollering out. He said, come this way. He said, I hear you. I'm moving towards you. And before long, the man who could not see his way, the man who could not make it through the smoke-filled haze of the situation he found himself in simply followed a voice. And the voice got him and led him to safety. I wonder how many of you are able to hear that voice that's calling out to you. If you just follow the voice, the voice will lead you into safety. Somebody came today, and they've been walking through a dark world, They've been struggling because life has been really tough for them. But I believe the reason you came today is because you've heard a voice saying, first of all, come to this place today. You may not have understood. You may think you just came because it's Sunday. I came to tell you the voice continuously calls out, saying, come unto me, all who are burdened and heavy laden. And he's telling you, I'll give you rest. He's telling you to place the yoke that you have upon him. He's asking you to come. He doesn't want anything from you other than your love. He's begging you to come and to unburden yourself. Why? Because that's his whole purpose in life. His name is Jesus. 
I know him because I hear his voice too. And because he called to me. Long before I stepped up into a pulpit, he simply called my name and said, come on, Donnell. I know the issues that you have in life, but just follow me. And I can help you make those issues just a little bit better. And I followed him. Got off my own path and got on his path. And can I tell you this? I haven't always felt comfortable on the path he led me on, but he's never led me wrong. He's never steered me any way but the right way. And I suggest to you that you listen to his voice too. He died for me, I found out. I found out that he loved me enough that he was willing to give his whole life for me. But I like this about him. He said, I want you to come live with me forever. I don't know any sweeter words in the entire dictionary than for somebody to first of all use the word forever. But he wants me to live with him. He's going to take care and protect me. Not only have I done that, I think the best part about it is he's given me a foundation to be able to lay my family in that same direction. So the people that I love can live that way too. My question to you is, do you know him? Have you heard him? He's calling now. He's saying, come. He's saying, come right now. While the leaders of our church who've also heard the voice of Jesus Christ come to welcome you, I'm inviting you to come right now today. Come on, today's the day you need to follow him. Don't leave today without straightening the situation out. Doors of our church are wide open. Yeah. He will save you. He will save you. Save you. Yeah. He will save you just now. You gotta trust him. You gotta trust him.